everyone, and welcome to Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. Um, we are here today with Jason Collar. How are you today, Jason? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm excited to have you here. I am Dr. Danielle Point, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. And today um, we have a very special setup because Jason and Dustin are actually in the same room. So they are on the same computer and um, recording together. So hopefully Dustin doesn't lose his internet connection and leave because then I'll lose everybody. Um, so we will get over to him in just a minute, but I do want to thank our sponsor, Ticket Spicket, who is the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. So thank you to Ticket Spicket for making this episode and every episode possible of Paradox. So hey, Dustin, how are you doing today? Man, I'm outstanding. Uh, on the road, literally, we're on the road. <laughs> we're at the Oklahoma AD Conference and Got to spend some time with my buddy Jason Culler, and he's he's our guest today. And unique setup, but what's fun about this is that this is going to be authentic Jason Culler. Um, and when you when you get to know Jason, you get to know he is full of laughs. He's full of a good time. He's nothing but a good time. He's just looking for a, a place to happen. Uh, so Jason is an assistant AD or the associate AD, I guess, is what you are, at Jinx. Uh, it's just a fancy way to say a system, I think. Yeah, it makes him feel better. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but <laughs> kind of bougie. We like it that way. He's the associate AD at Jinx, um, which for those who don't know what Jinx Oklahoma is or Jinx Athletics is, they are a powerhouse in the state of Oklahoma. Um, not just in the state of Oklahoma. People know them around the country just because of their prowess. Um, but Jason's been an AD. He was an AD at Glenpool. We'll talk a story about that and with his his time at Glenpool. Um, but Jason is from Northwest Oklahoma, graduated from Enid High School, um, went to OU, played football at OU, the University of Oklahoma. They say OU, which doesn't make sense to me because I would say that would be Oklahoma University, but they call themselves the University of Oklahoma. So that doesn't make sense in my mind, but maybe Jason <laughs> shine some light on that. But he played at OU, and then he graduated from the Harvard of Oklahoma. Oklahoma State University is where he graduated from, which they spell it right, OSU, and they say Oklahoma State University. Um, but We call it other state. Right. But the other state university. You can take it how you want to. But um, regardless of that, Jason is um, a true friend of mine, and, and we've spent the last couple of years just really getting to hang out a lot. He came to the Arkansas AD Conference and just – served our people there um, and gave me the opportunity to come here and serve our his people here, I guess, was one way to put it. Uh, but Jason is, um, he's well-versed in a lot of things, and we're going to get to have some have some fun and talk about some things that are, that are big in Jason's world. But Jason, I always start these podcasts with a simple question. Tell us something that the resume is not going to tell us about who Jason Keller is. I can list off where you went to school, that you played college football. Um, I can I can list off all these accolades, but tell us what the resume doesn't tell us about who Jason Culler is. Man, I'm gonna have to pay him for all of that good stuff he was saying later. I told you sometimes it gets mushy, mm -hmm. but that's okay. See, <laughs> I, listen, I'll pay him later. Right now, I've got him working in here really hard. He's doing a great job helping us out, getting this thing set up, and get ready to kick it off tomorrow. But um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't really I don't really know. I'm such an open book. I really don't have a lot of things that are kind of secretive, I guess. So if I had to say the one thing that the resume is not going to show is I'm, uh, I'm the youngest of three boys. 
a single parent family household. Uh, I was the only person in my family to go to graduate from high school and obviously the only one to, to graduate from college. Um, grew up, you know, dirt poor in Northwest Oklahoma, you know, old farming kid. And uh, that's probably the only thing that people really don't know about me uh, other than, uh, I mean, you know, my looks are deceiving. I know I look really, you know, extraordinary, but I'm not very fleet of foot. Extraordinary is the word you're going with. Yeah. I don't know that I don't know that the podcast could really handle the true language, you know. You know, I got that whip appeal, I guess. Whip. So, but you can see that if you're watching the podcast, which if you're not watching the podcast, you need to jump over to YouTube and check it out. You'll see all the sexiness and all of its gust and glory here. So <laughs> uh, well, no, I just appreciate you guys having me on this, man. I'm I'm excited. I uh, got to visit with Daniel just a little bit here, and uh, Dustin, obviously, a great friend and and mentor of mine. And so, uh, hopefully, we're not like stepping and fetching. We can go out here and turn something, you know, turn some uh, dust into gold here tonight. Well, as we do that, let's talk about where Jinx is located. We talked okay. about on a map so people can actually figure out because. If you're not familiar with the state of Oklahoma, you're obviously not going to know where Jinx is. But for Danielle down in Florida and our listeners on the West Coast, East Coast, and anywhere in between, point out on a map where Jinx, Oklahoma is. Well, first of all, we can't forget our international brethren. Right. In, you're really in tight in Budapest and Hungary. <laughs> and, and, and We have our, some listeners in France, actually. I probably so, know them. Hi, hi. I'm real listeners. good friends with uh, – <laughs> Uh, Matt and those guys, uh, <laughs> great guys. But uh, if you're if you're looking uh, if you're looking at a map of Oklahoma, Oklahoma is basically divided into four quadrants, if you will. I-35 is the major interstate highway that divides the state east and west, um, and I-40 is the major uh, divider north and south. And so if you were looking at a map of Oklahoma, you would see Jinx in the northeast part of Oklahoma. We are a suburb of Tulsa. Uh, if you were in Tulsa uh, or driving through Tulsa, you would not know when Tulsa ended and Jinx began. So kind of a southwest suburb of Jinx, uh, Tulsa actually is where Jinx is located in between Tulsa and Glenpool. What he's not telling you is Jinx. We had Emily Barkley on here not long ago, and Jinx and Union are big rivals. Um, and with with those two programs for a long period of time, close to 20 years, I think, one of the two of them played for the state title um, in football, the largest classification in Oklahoma. just tells you the athletic prowess. And that was just football. I mean, they win state title after state title after state title at Jinx. Um, and unions the same way. I mean, they're the two powerhouses in 6A in the state of Oklahoma. So he's he's going to be very humble and not brag about that. Uh, but that that's that's the God's honest truth. Jinx is really well known um, in, in the state of Oklahoma and again nationally. So, um, but what I what I really want our listeners to understand is just how not just how funny this guy is because he really is. Um, if you put glasses on me, we're basically twins. Um, but um, he's a really he's a really funny dude, and we spend a lot of time just going back and forth, and just with comments and uh, things that we say to one another. We're like we're a lot like each other. But what I really like is these stories that I know he's got 
from his days in, in a chair that it, it's the old crap moments that you're like, oh, there is no way. And there's one of these stories that's just going to blow your mind, Daniel. I'm just going to prepare you in advance. But and I don't know what it is either. No. So I'm. it's going to be my real I know reaction. What it is. I oh, mean, it's going to be your real reaction. You're going to see my <laughs> real reaction because it's a great story. So Jason, let's start off with, a, let's have a little fun. Let's tell a little story that kind of just shocks people. <clears throat> All right. So we want to shock people first. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. do it um, so you know i've i've actually followed the podcast i've heard uh emily's uh emily barkley who's a great friend of mine and like like dustin said one of our um colleagues that literally union uh tulsa union schools is literally six miles from my campus so uh it's separated just right down 71st street and uh but i've heard her uh her I think she blamed it on Jinx. Yeah, she Jinx did. Jumped, mm-hmm. yeah. she definitely did. Jinx dude jumped over the fence and <laughs> had a little uh, freaking episode. Um, but I will tell you that I have confirmed that that was not a Jinx student. It was a Broken Arrow student who was neither involved at Tulsa Union nor Jinx. Oh, the story continues. Yeah, the plot. Yeah, the plot. There, you there you go. Yeah, there you go. But no, we all we all have those moments um, <clears throat> as athletic directors. You get those phone calls. You know, you're you're you've got groups that are traveling all over the state and and actually really all over the nation. And and one of my stories is such. Uh, we had a so I had a young wrestling coach who just got hired, and he was actually hired late because the head coach resigned when school started because the head coach went to become a firefighter and so he left got out of education and so we really didn't have any option like like most of us ADs when you get a bomb dropped on you you know about September that oh by the way your head wrestling coach is leaving to go be a firefighter you need to hire somebody so I promoted the assistant coach which I'm telling you right now if you're not doing that then I don't know why you're not an AD I mean Really, that's what you do. You just got to plug and play. But anyway, so I promote this young kid, and he's, I mean, literally been an assistant for us for one year. Uh, And he was under a head coach that, as you can tell, was already had one foot out the door, really didn't care a lot, to say the least. Um, So he we we handed over to this young man and i'm not going to use any names because i don't want to this this young man is still coaching and and has learned from this lesson that i'm about to tell you but um so so we uh i was at glenpool at the time and so i had a we had a policy we didn't have we have a policy and basically if you're traveling outside of the state of oklahoma then your booster club is responsible for picking up the travel expenses hotel rooms, travel arrangements, whether you're flying, riding a bus, renting a van, um, whatever you're doing, the, the booster club picks that up. So this kid comes to me and says, hey, we want to go to Fargo. And that's, that's North Dakota. It's a long ways away right. from us. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah. Just, for, just pointing that out. Okay. Mm-hmm. I've, never been, I've never been to Fargo. Um, There's a movie about it. There's yep. a movie mm-hmm. about it. I haven't even seen the movie. Okay. I've seen the movie. It's enthralling, it sounds like. So he comes to me and says, Hey, we're gonna go to Fargo, man. It's some of the best wrestling competition in the world. And 
we're going to go there. So I'm okay. What's best for our kids? Give them a chance to compete against the best of the best, right? That's what we all think. We all that we're all in this for kids. Okay. Except my wrestling coach. All right. And I'm going to explain why he's not in it for kids in just a moment. But so he comes to me and says, Hey, we want to take him to Fargo. I say, Hey, that sounds great. Since it's out of state, I'll pay the entry fees, but you'll need to make arrangements for transportation through your booster club and, you know, hotel accommodations and those things. He says, yeah, yeah, no problem. Booster club's already on board. We're going, we're going to go rent a van. We're going to drive up there, spend, you know, a couple of days, do this tournament thing, come back. Hopefully we'll get a couple of, you know, Fargo champions. And so, I, hey, that sounds great. <laughs> go up there and represent. Now, Granted, at the time, in Glenpool, wrestling was our best sport, okay? We'd won some state titles and things like that. We had some two- and three- and four-time state champions. And so so pretty pretty prevalent wrestling program, if you will. So they take off, load up, everything's good, get it all board approved. I get a call from a Scenex in uh, Nebraska. And I can't even remember. It's like outside of Omaha, Nebraska. That's a gas station. Scenics. Thank you. Didn't know that. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Those across the country may not know okay. what Scenics. <laughs> that may be just a regional thing. But anyway, Scenex. So I get a call from this this gas station attendant at Scenex, and he says, um, "Mr. Color, are you the athletic director?" I said, "Yes, sir, I am." He's, he said, "I said, well, how can I help you?" He said, "Well, do, do you have a group of young men that are?" traveling through Nebraska and I said well yeah uh probably they're on their way to uh Fargo I said I don't really know that they would go through Nebraska but hey whatever you know they're traveling that may be the fastest route I don't know I've never been up there to Fargo you don't know where Fargo is I know it's way north and I know you gotta get through either Iowa Nebraska or something to get up there I don't know South so, Dakota even yeah I mean you gotta get through there somehow so I say yeah you know we got a group of kids group of wrestlers that are going up to Fargo and he says, well, uh, did you make the accommodations for their travel? And I said, well, no, I said, typically since they're traveling out of state, this comes from their booster clubs and everything. Hey, wait, can I just ask you a question? So a gas station attendant is asking mm -hmm. you these questions. They just called you randomly and he is grilling you with these like questions. Yeah. I got my number off of the internet. Yeah. <gasps> off of a website. I was on he got your number off the internet and he's calling office, you. Office phone. It's my office phone. Oh, okay. okay. My office still, phone. still. He, okay. He, yeah, he, he had looked up the school and yada, yada, whatever. <laughs> so he said, well, so this whole time I'm prepping myself that these little jack wagons have gone up there <laughs> and done something inappropriate at this Cenex. <laughs> okay. So I'm prepping myself. I'm on I'm, board with your line of thinking. Yeah, I'm on hey, board. Listen. <laughs> When you get a call from a CNEX anywhere and they're asking you if you've got kids traveling through, it's only going to be bad news. Okay? There ain't nothing going to be coming good after they say, you got some kids traveling through here. Okay. So next thing's going to be, well, they stole something. They, they broke something. They, they yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. Something bad's coming. So I'm mm -hmm. just prepping myself. I'm okay. Yeah. Here it comes. And it's wrestlers. So there's no telling. <laughs> Yeah. Wrestlers, I don't think wrestlers change from state to state. So I think they're all they all have bad bodily functions and all kinds of 
crazy things going on, you know. Well, that means they don't know if I disagree. Yeah, right? I can't. You can't. I can't. I can't. And I wrestled. I know. I did too for one year. Now I, realize, I realize you had to starve yourself, so I'm out. Anyway, so so I'm prepping myself. This guy's he's baiting me. I know he is because he's you know hey. For just a brief moment, I thought, well, maybe, just maybe, these guys did something great to help somebody at the CNEC. Somebody may have been choking on a dog bone or something, and so I, they helped him, saved this guy's life. A corn dog stick. Something. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. waiting on it. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it did not end that way when he said, <laughs> when he asked me if I arranged transportation, knew something was wrong. I thought they was broke down at first, but then I thought, well, no, because they rented a van, so surely the van, they, surely they'd have called Enterprise and they'd have picked you up. Ain't that the commercial yeah, Enterprise? Heard pick that. You up. I heard that. Yeah. So anyway, I said, well, even if you a CNX in Nebraska, yeah, they'll pick you up, or CNX in Arkansas, <laughs> right? I promise you that. Okay. So I just finally say, you know, tell me what happened. He said, were you aware that your uh, young men are traveling in a U-Haul? I said, what do you mean a U-Haul? He said, we're yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. keep your mouth covered because that's exactly what it is. They're traveling in a U-Haul that you move furniture from a store oh to your house. In the back? Yes. Got some lawn chairs perched up in the back. Oh, my in God. In a doggone U-Haul. Yeah. There ain't no lights. You can't turn no lights on in the U-Haul. There ain't no air. There ain't no air conditioning. This is the summer. They're going up there in Fargo in the summer, okay? Now well, They're still going to make weight. Hey, well, that's what Dustin said. I didn't think about that. I saw red. Hey, I didn't think about making weight or nothing like that. Code red. Code yeah. red is what yeah. he's thinking. So I'm, there's no air conditioning. There's no lights. There's no, no seat belts. Completely not thinking about kids. So how many? How many? I need how many? Uh, there was about twelve of them, I believe. So the coaches are in front. Yep, sucking up all the air conditioning. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a two. And there's only kids in the back. Only kids in the no back. No windows. No light. No seatbelt. Take off. You slide all the way to the back. Bam! Hit the door. Stop. I need a minute. Slide all the way I need to a front. minute. Bam! Hit the door. <laughs> I need a minute. Yeah. Right? So that is my that is I like how I like how the gas station attendant kind of set you up. Did you arrange transportation? Yeah, try to throw me under the bus. No, he tried to throw you under the U-Haul when he tried to That's right. I'm too skilled for that though. I'm too versed. You're not gonna get me on the U-Haul He's cultured. That's right. Okay. So joking aside, your coaches were like, this is okay. And <laughs> put these children. Yes. And the boosters knew about this? I don't believe so. They just knew they were paying, right? They didn't yeah. know what they were yeah, getting. I never got I never even got to the booster part of the story. <laughs> I never even the booster never even came in into the equation. Because I'm seeing red, I got to get these kids. I mean, you know, I've got to get these kids protect. I mean, could you imagine? You pull over, open the door. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll call you back in like ten minutes. Like I, I am trying to figure out. No, so I call my coach. Hey, are you driving a U-Haul? 
He said, how'd you know? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, yes. How'd you know? So then he knew it wasn't okay. That he he knew. Yeah, because I got a call from Charlie Pride at the CNEX. <laughs> Charlie Pride. <laughs> you know who Charlie this Pride is? Could have been. This could have been so much worse because because he Charlie over here could have called. No, he could have called the police. Because well, he there was like that, human trafficking or something and kidnapping going on. Well, <laughs> the funny thing is, is is if they were traveling south. Through Texas, <laughs> they may have thought they was trying to make a border run. It could have not been good. It could have not been good. It wasn't good, but it could have been worse. But the, uh, you know, the guy at the gas station, the Scenex operator, said that was his next call was going to be law enforcement. Luckily, I said, "Well, let me let me ha- handle this." And so I called my coach. Are you driving a U-Haul? How'd you know? Because I guess you just got a call from Charlie Pride over here at the CNEX. You need to pull over. I'm calling a rent-a-car company, and they're going to come get you. And what in the world would ever make you think that that was okay? Swear to God, he said, swear to God, he said it was $49.99, Coach. It was $49.99, and we're going to get to Fargo and have time to go get some ice cream when we get to the hotel. We'll be able to get some treats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. What about the parent? Oh, they didn't know till after the fact. Did they you didn't... like call a meeting and you're like, "Hey, mom and dad, we messed up." Like, what did you no, say? I, no, I didn't say we. I said, "He, <laughs> he I can't defend that." No. I've always no, told cannot. I've always told my coaches from the very beginning of time, as long as you are defendable, as long as I can defend your actions, we're going to get along just fine. But when I can no longer defend your actions and give an explanation to parents, then we're going to have an issue. I.e., forty nine ninety nine rent a truck, <laughs> rent a truck, you yeah. all. Yeah, I think you should call the Nebraska. <laughs> No, no, it's in Nebraska uh, gas station. Be like, uh, agent, and be like, do you want to coach wrestling? You have more ethics and morals than the person that's doing it right now. At least they call me. But listen, how? So to Nebraska from Glenpool is quite the drive. You would have had to have filled up and or stopped to let those kids use the bathroom before Nebraska. Okay. No, well, there's a whole state and a half between. There's a whole lot of distance between us. So somebody else along the route of this espionage here has seen these kids get out of the back of the truck and not called or anything. That's sad. Yeah. So I appreciate I appreciate my friend Charlie over at this scene. <laughs> Give me a call. You guys stay in contact now? Uh, we don't. But the funny thing, I mean. I don't think it has any bearing or anything, but the assistant wrestling coach that was on that trip, he now lives in Nebraska. <laughs> he lives by that scenic. <laughs> Wait, that, so was that that was was that coach no longer your coach? Did you let him finish off the season? Was this like a? Did you have to report this? Was this like well, a CPS? It was. It was summertime. It was. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was. He was written up. 
given a plan of improvement um, and moved forward from there. <laughs> it was a great learning experience. And this young man who's now in probably about his 10th or 11th year uh, in coaching will no will never ever rent a U-Haul truck ever again. Um, it was as close to it was as close to firing somebody as I could get, and um, I I think that if his uh, he had a he had a friend that was on the school board, and I think had he not had a friend that was on the school board, he would have got his ticket punched. So let let me ask this question. After you said, "Are you driving a U-Haul?" and he said, "How'd you know?" what the what was the rest of that conversation like? <laughs> well, I don't know that I could say what I said on a podcast that's syndicated around the world. But I just told him in any uncertain terms, he needs to pull to the side of the road and safely. tell me safely to the side of the road and tell me which mile marker he's at and which highway he's on because Enterprise will pick you up. <laughs> How how did that go? Like, was that hard to like hurry up and get someone to instantly leave to go pick up these kids on the side of the road? Like that couldn't have been an easy feat for you to do. No, it wasn't. I mean, I just started calling. I mean, I called Enterprise. I really did. I mean, I'd laugh and joke, but called Enterprise and said, I've got to have, I got to have at least a 12 passenger van. Actually, I said, I got to have at least a 15 passenger van because I got 12 kids and two coaches. So I got 14 passengers I need to transport back to Oklahoma and uh, oh, so they didn't even go to Fargo you, you no, they did not get to go to Fargo <laughs> no they did not get I mean to that Fargo. makes sense but I didn't ask so they, they you said no you're coming home oh yeah and he did ask hey so we're going to get to continue no hmm. <laughs> you're going to continue right back yes. here in Gwynpool Oklahoma yeah. and I said in no uncertain terms that you're going to get to continue uh back to Glenpool, and hopefully you'll get to continue That's living. Coach. <laughs> no living, oh, living. That's in the route general. I put a point to. Yeah. Just, <laughs> living. just living in general. So I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes, and if I got a phone call like that, like I don't, I now feel like me, I'm. <laughs> let me just try to qualify it just a little bit, okay? I mean, there's really no qualification, <laughs> yeah. but if there if there ever was, in Glenpool, we are country as cornbread, okay? So riding in the back of a pickup truck, it's not that big a deal, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Kids grow up, they move, they go from wheat, you know, wheat field to wheat field, and it's not, oh, hey, it's not that big of a deal, and that's where this guy was coming from, obviously, outside of his mind and I should have done a breathalyzer on him but <laughs> but he, he seriously thought there was no big deal like they got they, a deal 49.99 and they get to ride in the back of the truck now after you like told him no you're done you're coming home did he get how big of a deal it was no not really not till he got home and saw my face cuz there was no there was no zoom at that time <laughs> There was no, no face. You, can you kind of show me what your face looked like? <laughs> no, you, didn't, you can't recreate that. No, this is syndicated around the world. He can't do it. 
My, my friends in Budapest right now are just dying because they know. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is that is it was, extreme. It was brutal. It, yeah. Yeah. That uh, is. I mean, I think about just that conversation with with the Enterprise. All right, there'll be a U-Haul. Okay, and there'll be some kids. There's a lot of children in the back. It's all okay. It's okay. Don't worry. <laughs> I'm telling my to, word. It's all okay. I had to tell them U-Haul's not broken down. They're okay. <laughs> the U-Haul's not broken down. But that's pretty much how the conversation went. Hey, you're going to go to Highway whatever, you know, Highway 16 and Intersection 42, Mile Marker 13, and you're going to see a big white and orange U-Haul on the side of the road. It's going to be about 14 kids and or 12 kids and two coaches. Just pick them up. That's who you need to pick up. So at any point, did you have to run this up the chain, run it up the flagpole and say, hey, Sue, here's what's happening? Or did you not have to go through the, any no, of that conversation? No, I did. Yeah. I had to go through that. You know that. You know that conversation took place. As soon as I got a U-Haul pulled over and I got that gum Enterprise heading to get Charlie Pride calling. I guarantee whenever, you. Whenever your um, coach, your coaches now go out of out of state, do you do you ask for their like reservation and their booking notes? <laughs> well, so fortunately, where I'm at now um, at Jinx, if they go out of state, typically Tony or myself will go with them. Okay, so. And, and primarily for reasons like this. Yeah. Did tell me about the pairing. Was any parent just like completely super upset? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh god. <laughs> or were they upset because of the U-Haul or because you didn't let them go to Fargo and wrestle? Like which way were they upset about? So believe it or not, I had two that were that were ticked that they didn't get to go wrestle. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them were mad they were in a U-Haul. But the you know the way I handle it was is I didn't call the parents immediately because I got the kids picked up they were all safe got the coach and kids back and I called the parents and said we will have a parent meeting at this time this evening when they arrive back from Nebraska we're going to have a conversation and I I made my coach tell them and I made him you're going to explain to these parents what you did your thoughts and why you did it and try to explain this to your parents and you're going to have to answer for any negative things that are coming at you. Cause it's good. It's going to be bad. And I'm kind of surprised the kids didn't tell the parents or was it before? So it was before like social media and all, all oh, that. Yeah. There, there was, mm-hmm. there was no Snapchat or Instagram or any of that yet. So <clears throat> yeah, I get a bad rap because of how frugal I am, how fiscally responsible mm-hmm. I am. And this guy is a lot like me in that aspect. I mean, we, our favorite word is four letters, F-R-E-E. And anytime we can get that. So we appreciate being fiscally smart. Yeah. This does not qualify as fiscally smart. I mean, $49.99 seems like a really good deal to take a trip to Fargo, North Dakota. Unlimited mileage. (laughs) You just had to return it with a full tank of gas. You took it with a full tank of gas. You got to bring the full tank back. Did you call? $5 a gallon at that time. Did you call Fargo AD and you're like, hey, 
Oh, we're no. not coming because my children this, are evil. This is the first time I've ever shared this story. <laughs> so he, mm-hmm. he we, appreciate we appreciate it. We appreciate it. I didn't call nobody. And now I'm going to be known as the AD that allowed his <laughs> wrestling team to travel in a U-Haul. So how long was that? Let's say it's a seven, <laughs> eight-hour drive back from where they were pulled over to oh, Glenpool. Yeah. How yeah. how was that? How did you tolerate that time? Were you just steaming the whole time? Were mm-hmm. you just running through things in my mind? Hey, this is what I'm going to say. And when I see that sucker, yep. he better be ready because <laughs> we're throwing hands. That's exactly <laughs> where I was at. That's exactly where I was at. This sucker going to catch his hands as soon as he walks through the door. That's where I started. That's where I started because I thought I was losing my job. That's where I started. I didn't end there. Thankfully, but I did start there. You're gonna catch hands, and yeah, I don't care if you wrestle. I don't care if you're four time state champ. No, I've never told the story until just now. So I, I get why. Yeah, right. I mean, it's embarrassing. I mean, who? It, it's there's been a lot of embarrassing things in my life with the, the athletic director role. Uh, this one definitely ranks up at the top, but I mean, yeah. we talk about it, and even Daryl Nance said it. Our job is a lot of reaction. We can try to be as proactive as we can. They had a plan. Hey, when you leave the state, Booster Club's taking care of your expenses. We'll pay the entry fee. Oh, we had signed waivers. Parents signed off on the waivers, and you know everybody had their insurance and their. They had, mm-hmm. I mean, they had their insurance forms on file. They had their physicals on file. Everybody had a uh, health evaluation on file. They had their skin tests on. I mean, everything you can think of that involves wrestling and going to a wrestling tournament. And they even had what I thought was transportation. <laughs> well, they thought it was transportation. They did think it was transportation. <laughs> but all that to say... Even the best laid plans sometimes go awry with somebody making a decision that falls outside of what those plans may be. Oh, yeah. Well, and 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 this is that I wouldn't even have guessed that if you gave me the opportunity to guess where that was going or maybe what they rented, a U-Haul wouldn't have been one of the choices that I think I went for. So, I mean, I, I tried to rent a limo for one of my teams before we're in Florida and tourist season makes it really hard, especially the postseason, to get charter buses. So I tried to rent a limo before, but that's against district policy because there's no, there wasn't seatbelts. I think there are now, but there wasn't then. Right. So, so I, and I never would have thought that right until I tried to, to do it. And district was like, no, you can't. So, but I don't think I would have ever said, yeah, they got a U-Haul to transport not only humans, but, Children here. <laughs> See in Florida though, can't y'all rent the air boats and stuff? Just <laughs> get an air boat. Yeah, not an issue. Yeah, not an issue. Yeah. They have seen not an issue. Yep. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just get a little oh. raft and tow it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking the conversation with that coach would have been, "You can you haul your John Brown hind parts right back here, and be, <laughs> you get back here. That's all you haul. You're going to have is getting your butt back here, where we're going to have a little meeting when you get get back." What'd you do with the U-Haul? Where, where was the U-Haul? <laughs> you left the U-Haul on the side of the road in the middle of Nebraska. Told them to go pick it up. Yep. Hey, your U-Haul is up there. Yep. 
<laughs> you want your U-Haul, you better send somebody over to Cenex and go pick it up. Were they still at the Cenex? No. They'd already they had, it out of there? They had drove about five miles from the Cenex when I caught them, when I got a hold of them on the phone. Oh, man, I'm angry for you. Just so you know, like, I'm angry for you right now. Because that is, like, that's unbelievable. It's, it's literally unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, we all are. I mean, yeah. Anybody listening should be angry yeah. at this. Yeah. And like like Dustin said, I mean, the, the best laid plans, never in a million years would I have thought, hey, you have an option to go rent transportation. Okay? Your booster club is going to pay for your transportation. Never in a million years would I, never in a million years would I have thought U-Haul would be even an option. That's what we're going with. Yeah. yeah. I agree. I agree. I never would have even have went there. Like I could understand, you know, sports car, couple cars, you know, let the kids drive the sports cars. I don't know. I mean, could have went a whole bunch of different ways. U-Haul. Okay. But then how you found out. That person was so upset. Whoever you are, Charlie, good good job because you. She don't. She don't. Charlie probably not. She's not comfortable yeah. with it. I don't know. I never caught the guy's name at Cenex. He probably. Told I know me. that. I know. You know who Charlie <laughs> Pride is, though, right? No, but I know you're just an angel. Don't know the real name. I know. <laughs> she's what? from. She's from New York. She oh. don't know. Okay. I guess she's making fun of me and I don't even know it. Like, yes. yes. <laughs> All right. You're in the Empire State of Mind right yeah, now. Yeah. Oh, okay. That one yeah, I got. Well, Alicia Keys. <laughs> yeah. Does that make me? Uh, okay. It's not you know, right. Biggie, Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. <laughs> we got to go to Bronx. got to go to Brooklyn. What do we got to do? You know? I was saying something intelligent until you guys started talking right there. We're too. <laughs> we're trying to give you a little, what'd you say? Well versed. Yeah. We're trying to help you be well versed. <laughs> trying to get you acculturated. Ain't that Thank a you. word? Acculturated. <laughs> Ain't that a word? Two docs here. You think you would know. Oh, sounded good. Acculturated. See, I try to get I try to get up on y'all's level with them doctorates and all that. So I don't know if you could top that story or not, but do you have another one that is Oh, I'm still processing this one. I'm still, yeah. I'm on the U-Haul still. So <laughs> you can tell us another story, but I'm not still physically, mentally. Just, just hang on. Just hang on. He's got one. <laughs> one of my, one of my, probably my most embarrassing moments. I do like to joke and I like to have fun. And, and Dr. Smith here keeps me on my toes. And we do, we do a lot of back and forth text messaging and phone conversations. And we are a lot of like, um, with our lingo and our verbiage. And so, uh, but the serious side of me, I'm very OCD. Um, and so I like really, very yeah, OCD. Yeah. So, so I like to, you know, uh, make sure I have a plan and make sure everything, you know, I, I double check, I triple check, quadruple check. Then somebody checks him that he's checked four times. And, yeah. and then I check <laughs> in to make sure they check me on this. Did you check this and this? This is no lie. I know you're laughing, but this is that's serious business. That's like I do that with officials. Uh, my fear is always never having an official come to a game. So I, I'm laughing because I, I do that with officials. And perfect. I'm glad you segued into that. Is your fear officials very good? Okay, so I have a lot of officials that are friends. And so they're very, very quick to point out, hey, make sure when we come to your place, we have 
a meal. Make sure you have a shave kit for us. Make sure you have this or that. <laughs> so they're always razzing me about stuff. So officials is one thing that I never have to worry about because even though I check, triple check, double check, blah, 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 they're going to check me on it as well. But <clears throat> so my very first game is an athletic director. It's a football game. It's a big game, big rivalry game, two crosstown rivalries coming. It's packed. The stadium, the stadium holds about 6,000 people. It's packed. Standing room only. People are standing around the north end zone, which has a fence all the way around it. And so our, our stadium runs north and south. So on the, on the south end is a scoreboard. So on the southeast corner is a scoreboard. And on the southwest corner is our flagpoles. We have, you know, American flag, Oklahoma flag, and then a Glenpool flag. On the north end is concession stand for the visitors. So kind of just the layout for you. So I always, as an athletic director, I always stood down by the scoreboard, you know, because I don't know, it's just where I stood, you know, during the game. But it's probably where, that I means where the ambulance was. Uh, it's where the fire trucks were. So if there was ever anything, I was kind of right there ready to go. Well, so my very first game, sitting there, got officials in their dress room, got them lunch ordered, had their shave kits ready, their towels, <laughs> so they could shower after the game. Snickers at halftime, all this stuff that they need. <laughs> got your rage ice down, everything. Got my security, okay, hey, at this time, with this much time on the clock, you're going to go make your way to the field. You're going to get the fish. You're going to take them into the dress room. You're going to get them out of their dress room at this time so they can get back onto the field for the second half kickoff. After the game, at this time, you're going to go get them, take them into the dress room. You're going to stay in there until they get done dressing. You're going to take them to the car. Got everything lined up. Press box. Here's your, here's your script. We're going to, you know, with this much time on the clock, we're going to introduce, you know, the peewee, cheerleading national team and this time we're going to introduce you know herbie hancock and his friends and you know you know how to, you got all of those things scripted out and everything scripted out and i've double checked triple checked everything's good okay double checked with everybody that's supposed to be coming to get presentations and do the shows and all that stuff and put on a big show everything's perfect okay go to the concession stand Stock all the coolers, all the drinks, everything's ice cold. We got the backup coolers filled up, candies iced down, we're ready to roll. Okay. Popcorn machines making, we're ready. So here we go. My announcer, who's the Baptist preacher, is a good friend of mine. I'm not Baptist, I'm Catholic, but we're still friends. We can be friends. Yeah, still friends. We're still friends. <laughs> That's nothing to do with there. Well, we we played golf the other day. He just had, you know, different viewpoint than you do. He just He's firing brimstone, and I'm, hey, this is the ordinal <laughs> calendar. Here we go. So, but anyway, so we're sitting there, and, you know, everybody at, the, at football games has walkie-talkies, you know, radios. So, I radio up to press box. Hey, Jason, it's time to kick that national anthem off. Let's go. We're going to start just a little bit early because, the you know, it, the crowd's ready. We're ready to go. Let's go a little bit early. So, radio up there. His name is Jason as well. Jason Yarbrough. Hey, Jason, go ahead and uh, – let everybody know it's time to stand for the national anthem. So he says, okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this time, if you would, please rise, remove cover, direct your attention to the southwest corner of the end zone as we honor America and the nation, blah, 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 with the playing of the national anthem. So I'm standing down on the southeast corner, southwest corner, 
to where the flagpole is. Turn around. What'd I forget? Your fishbowl. No. Fishbowls are out there. Everybody's looking the flag? at the flag. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Forgot the flag. And we're everybody in the whole stadium, 6,000 strong. If you would, please rise. Direct your attention to the southwest corner of the end zone for the playing of the national anthem. So let me tell you how slick I am. Hey, slicker than a whistle, okay? Just, hey, quietly walk over. The band strikes up the, you know, you know the chorus. Mm -hmm. Strike it up. I start raising the flag as they're playing. It looked professional. It looked like it was meant to be played as they was playing the song. So it was on the, it was already attached. It just wasn't up? Correct. You got lucky. So, but, but don't, don't just kind of gloss past the point that he said he kind of snuck over there. Yeah. He ain't sneaking nowhere. Yeah. But, but he was, he's over I'm there, right? You're right 290 pounds. I ain't sneaking nowhere. He ain't sneaking nowhere. So for him to pull that off. And to make this happen, I mean, just great thinking there. I mean, good thing the flag was there, one. Well, luckily the flag – so, okay, so to be honest, the flag was not really there. They got the flag off of the fire truck. Remember the fire trucks down in the <laughs> south corner? Okay, the firemen saw yeah. what was happening. They didn't really see what was happening. As I turned around, I said, oh, blank. Uh, oh, shoot. <laughs> Oh, sugar, can you help me out? And my fire chief said, we got a flag right in here. I said, go, go over there and put it up, and then I'll raise it. looks like it's all – you know how people do. They present the colors, and you got yeah. your bar going out. Same thing, but just with firefighters. Same thing, but just firefighters. <laughs> and at a flagpole. And a flagpole, whatever you had out there. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine just getting to that point where you're I – mean, you turn because you radioed, oh, yeah. hey, we're ready. Yeah. And you built this up to, I mean, everything's ready. The popcorn's already popped. People got it in the stands. We're starting early. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, please rise, remove cover, and direct your attention to the southwest corner. I'll never forget those words. <laughs> this time, if you would, please rise, remove cover, direct your attention to the southeast corner of the stadium. While we honor America in the middle of fighting across the world. At yeah. what point did you just say? Well, as soon as I oh. turned around, when he said, "When he said, if you would please rise, remove cover, and direct your attention to the southeast corner," I turned around and said, "Oh, sugar, <laughs> here we go." You knew you didn't do it, like you. I knew, knew I did. <laughs> no, I thought I did. But when I turned around and it was not flying with the Oklahoma flag and the Glenpool flag, which are on each side of it, it's a three-tiered little system. You are so lucky that that happened and, and the firemen were there and they had an easily accessible flag and you got it up because you, you just were about to offend a whole bunch of people oh, and have no. a really busy Monday. Not offend. It would have, yeah. He would have not been employed. We wouldn't yeah. have this conversation right now. Yeah. That would have been This my is worse than the you all. First exit out of the business right there. <laughs> yeah. He, he would be on that other end of the bell curve, you know, with the athletic directors three to five years. That was like three to five days. Three to five might, seconds. <laughs> he might have been out of 5G yeah, like that. Just been gone. <laughs> yeah, that was my very first, very first game. But you know what the first thing I put up every day is? Flag. 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 Now. Every day. First thing I do. 
And if I'm not there, I'll call. Hey, Tony, you got the flag up? Yes, <laughs> sure. Send Gerald out. Make him go look. Make sure. Make sure he's got eyes on the flag. When I when I first started, I especially for football, you know, it's Friday and you're getting pulled in all these directions and asking, you know, random questions from different people. So I had a checklist. I kept it in my pocket, and everyone made fun of me because I had this, and it was the same one. I always the same checklist, right? So it was all destroyed <laughs> after using it and keeping it in my pocket and getting rained on and all that. But you know, flag up and all of these things were checked on it and. And I eventually got to a point where I didn't need it anymore, but it was always, I always had it with me always just in case, because that is what it like. One of my fears is I don't want to forget something so simple because I am all over the place and I'm running around and I didn't have an associate AD or anything. So um, yeah, I always had a, a little checklist and I was not ashamed to pull that thing out and be like, Yes, yes, yes. Okay, got to go do that, or no, we're good, and I can relax. Well, what, what we like to talk about in these is takeaways, and so we've talked about your two stories, and a couple of them, obviously. Danielle's still hanging out in the U-Haul, trying to figure out that process. But <laughs> as you look at some takeaways for people that are listening that may be new into this business, or maybe even seasoned in this business, uh, what are some takeaways that you took away from? I mean, obviously, your checklist is one of those, obviously for the flag, but just the the moment of not panicking because that that could be a, a huge panic moment that's a lot of what we do don't panic mm -hmm. just live in the chaos solve it and then later on you may panic. you may be panicking now which every every morning it appears you panicking mm -hmm. to make sure that that flag is up but what are some takeaways that you take away from those stories you shared with us you know just the fact that you know you can have the best laid plans um like like Dr. Smith said, you can have the best laid plans. You can have everything check, triple check, double check, quadruple check. It doesn't matter. You just have to be able to be flexible. You have to adapt to every situation that you're dealt with um, and just be prepared to, you know, basically at that point in time when that flag wasn't up there, the very first thing I was ready to do was apologize profusely and admit fault on my part. Um, so I think the biggest thing for us is, is don't ever think you're above uh, reproach. Don't ever think you're, you're better than it's, it's always better to, to go with your hat in your hand to your administrator and say, I, I messed up, you know, uh, I apologize. I'm going to learn from this. Um, we all mess up. We all make mistakes. We're all human. Uh, there's only one person that uh, never made mistakes, and that man can walk on water. And until you can walk on water, <laughs> you're going to make mistakes, man. So you just got to be ready for it and just be flexible. Be ready to adapt to any situation. That's probably about the only thing I could take away but, from but it. You, but you, you, you made it look like it was seamless, like it was supposed to happen that way. That, oh yeah. Of those 6,000 people in the stands, how many of them knew that that wasn't there like it was supposed to be? Zero. Except the fireman and you. The fire, yeah. The, the one fireman that said, that heard me say, Sugar Bear, <laughs> we got to get going. And uh, that wasn't Dan ever called him Sugar Bear? <laughs> no, he knew. You're kind of lucky that uh, it didn't become a thing after that. Like you oh, had it did, to. It did with the firefighters. Every 
you know, every Friday I'd have a flag on my desk. Somehow they would get into my office and there would be a flag on my desk. So No, but I mean, at least you didn't have to like stand there, you know, at a game every night and raise the flag. Like it didn't become like, like a tradition of you raising the flag during the national anthem. I mean, that could have happened. Well, so, so funny thing is that you're right. That could have happened. But what I did was from that point forward, the first game of the season every year, I raised the flag. So kind of a little. Mm-hmm. That was to, that was to cover my tracks. That right. was purely to cover my tracks. <laughs> but I thought, you know, that's kind of a symbolic gesture. You raise the flag. AD raised the flag. Kick off the season. Here we go. We're going to start this thing. And so, yeah, so I did that for seven years till I left. I raised the flag every, the first game every year. It was a seven-year mistake is what you did. <laughs> you every you know, year for seven years. Now, <laughs> yes. Luckily, I have a guy now that is responsible for that flag. And uh, so if he if he forgets it, we're in trouble. But, but I think there's something really valuable in that in saying sometimes the greatest lessons are learned when there's the biggest screw-ups. And it may not have been a screw-up that everybody saw. Yeah. But you knew about it. And so here all of a sudden is your checklist. We're going to make sure that flag is taken care of. Yes. Because we knew what, hap- what would happen if it's not. Yeah, 100%. And it's not that you just said, oh, we don't really need a flag. It's just well, that it was something that just escaped you for that moment. And then all of a sudden when it does dawn on you, you were able to remedy that situation. And now forever, you will make sure that the flag is there and that it's ready for every football guaranteed. game. Top of your checklist. Like. <laughs> that's seriously to, to this day i i call every friday tony hey you got the flag up flag up it's got the flag up right i asked him about 40 times like man yes the flag is up don't worry about the flag we got it like, yeah, send me a picture it. i want to know yeah. my day man so so my day man is the guy so for us a day man is like a janitor and so our janitor is the one that puts the flag up at our stadium but so we, we kind of luck out because at our stadium, the flag is the flag for the school because our stadium is out in front of our school and it's kind of the entrance and the welcome to our school. And so the flag is is always flown. It's not something that we take up and down on Fridays. We leave it up uh, all year round and we change, you know, we change the flag out religiously if there's a, ever a rip or tear or anything like that. And so, um, so my day man, he he sends me he sends me text messages, pictures. Flags good, boss. <laughs> hey, thank you. Yeah. Send him the thumbs up emoji. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> they know, oh, they know my fears. And, right. and my OCD, it was on full display. Panic attack. See what I did there? Full-fledged panic. <laughs> full-fledged panic. <laughs> well, and I and I appreciate you just being able to laugh at yourself in both of those situations, you know, years later. I know it takes, always takes a minute. We always say it's good to laugh at yourself. I'm still, I'm still not I'm not either. I'm about to call him and chew him out again. I just found out about it. Two other districts now, so. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm not going to be okay for a bit after that one. <laughs> well, what I appreciate is, and this podcast has given ADs the opportunity to just be, <clears throat> be honest. And this is, Jason said at the beginning, he, he kind of just lives his life out and people just know Jason. And this is just Jason being Jason. He's just saying, these are real life things that happen to me and here's situations. And I think 
that's the point of this podcast is just for us to be able to say, okay, crap's going to happen. Sugar's going to happen as you, sugar bear's going to happen. <laughs> Sugar's always going to happen. There's going to be some stuff that happens that we just got to figure out. Okay, how can I lessen this blow? How can I solve this problem? Mm-hmm. And you you put that on display. So I appreciate you coming on here, just being honest with us, kind of telling some stories from things that have happened in your life and, uh, you know, just having some fun. Because at the end of the day, I know you like to laugh. Mm-hmm. I know you enjoy life. And this gives us an opportunity to say, you know, our job can be really stressful at times. And there's a lot of times when our job's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. These are some moments that they weren't a lot of fun, but they're lessons that came out of them. So I appreciate you jumping on here and, and sharing those stories with us. Um, I, I just appreciate you guys willing to listen to my crazy <laughs> stories. So, And if you want a good time, call Jason Culler. Find the CNX in Nebraska that knows Jason Culler's number. But you can call Jinx Public Schools, get the athletic department, and talk to Jason Culler anytime you want to. Don't call me. Don't call me. I, I can't help you, especially if you rent a deal off. I can't help you. No, it's been wonderful. I'm excited that you guys got this thing going. I love listening to it. I love catching up with everybody's stories. I love the Becky Moran stories. Was uh, Becky was the one that did the three socks, yeah, right? Three socks. <laughs> that was a good one. You know, Emily and her stories. It's. Uh, you know, they're all learning lessons and they're all life lessons. And, and it's fun to take a step back, listen to it and, and enjoy. But, uh, you know, the, the fun thing is, is these stories hopefully become fewer and far between. But, you know, the one thing about it is, is everybody has a story. Uh, hopefully your stories are, are stories you've learned from and, and you can grow from. And, and that's what I think I've done. You know, I'm, obviously I'm not I'm not perfect and I I don't no. I don't pretend to be and He's I'm not. never going to be perfect. But hopefully I learn from my mistakes, which are plentiful. Frequent? Plentiful. Okay, we'll say that. Plentiful, not <laughs> frequent. Hopefully they don't happen A every plethora day. Plethora of mistakes. Yeah. Plethora. Plethora. <laughs> See, I'm trying to throw around in paradox big words. <laughs> well done. <laughs> well, yeah, thank you so much for you know being with us here today and taking time out of your state conference, um, you know, to chat with us. And I really, I really appreciate it. And your honesty that all ADs are human. That's kind of the whole reasoning behind our, our podcast. So thank you um, to you, Jason. <laughs> I don't know how thankful I am at the moment because I'm still on the U-Haul, but I'll get off of that hopefully soon. <laughs> but um, thank you for telling that story and sharing that with us. And thank you to Tickets Picket, who is our sponsor and is making our podcast possible. So we will be back next week with another episode. Scared me. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to Paradox Untold Stories from Athletic Directors. Um, we are here today with Jason Culler. How are you today, Jason? I'm doing well. How are you? Good. I'm excited to have you here. I am Dr. Danielle Point, and my co-host is Dr. Dustin Smith. And Today, um, we have a very special setup because Jason and Dustin are actually in the same room. So they are on the same computer and um, recording together. So hopefully Dustin doesn't lose his internet connection and leave because then I'll lose everybody. Um, So we will get over to him in just a minute, but I do wanna thank our sponsor, Tickets Picket, who is the official ticketing partner of the NIAAA. So thank you to Tickets Picket for making this episode and every episode possible of Paradox. So 
Good, Dustin. How are you doing today? Man, I'm outstanding. Uh, on the road, literally, we're <laughs> on the road. We're at the Oklahoma AD Conference and got to spend some time with my buddy Jason Kohler, and he's he's our guest today. And unique setup, but what's fun about this is that this is going to be authentic Jason Kohler. Um, and when you when you get to know Jason, you get to know. He is full of laughs. He's full of a good time. He's nothing but a good time. He's just looking for a, a place to happen. Uh, so Jason is an assistant AD or the associate AD, I guess is what you are at Jinx. Uh, it's just a fancy way to say assistant, I think. Yeah, <laughs> it makes him feel better. <laughs> yeah, but <laughs> kind of bougie. We like it that way. He's the associate AD at Jinx, um, which for those who don't know what Jinx Oklahoma is or Jinx athletics is they are a powerhouse in the state of Oklahoma um, not just in the state of Oklahoma people know them around the country just because of their prowess um, but Jason's been an AD he was an AD at Glenpool we'll talk a story about that and with his his time at Glenpool um, but Jason is from northwest Oklahoma graduated from Enid High School um, went to OU played football at OU the University of Oklahoma. They say OU, which doesn't make sense to me because I would say that would be Oklahoma University, but they call themselves the University of Oklahoma. So that doesn't make sense in my mind, but maybe just shine <laughs> some light on that. But he played at OU and then he graduated from the Harvard of Oklahoma. Oklahoma State University is where he graduated from, which they spell it right, OSU, and they say Oklahoma State University. Um, but we call it other state, right? But the other state university, you can take it how you want to. But um, regardless of that, Jason is um, a true friend of mine. And, and we've spent the last couple of years just really getting to hang out a lot. He came to the Arkansas AD conference and just served our people there um, and gave me the opportunity to come here and serve our his people here, I guess was one way to put it. Uh, but Jason is um, He's well versed in a lot of things, and we're going to get to have some have some fun and talk about some things that are that are big in Jason's world. But Jason, I always start these podcasts with a simple question: Tell us something that the resume is not going to tell us about who Jason Color is. I can list off where you went to school, that you played college football. Um, I can I can list off all these accolades, but tell us what the resume doesn't tell us about who Jason Color is. Man, I'm gonna have to pay him for all of that good stuff he was saying later. I told you, sometimes it gets mushy. Mm -hmm. But that's okay. See, I, <laughs> listen, I'll pay him later. Right now, I've got him working in here really hard. <laughs> He's doing a great job helping us out, getting this thing set up, and get ready to kick it off tomorrow. But, um, mm -hmm. you know, I don't really, I don't really know. I'm such an open book. I really don't have a lot of things that are kind of secretive, I guess. I so if I had to say the one thing that the resume is not going to show is I'm, uh, I'm the youngest of three boys, a single parent family household. Uh, I was the only person in my family to go to graduate from high school. And obviously the only one to, to graduate from college, um, grew up, you know, dirt poor in Northwest Oklahoma, you know, old farming kid and, uh, that's probably the only thing that people really don't know about me, uh, other than, uh, I mean, you know, my looks are deceiving. I know I look really, you know, extraordinary, but I'm not very fleet of foot. <laughs> extraordinary is the word you're going with. Yeah. I don't know that, I don't know that the podcast could really handle the true language, you know, you know, I got that whip appeal, I guess. Oh, yeah. whip. <laughs> 
So, but you can see that if you're watching the podcast, which if you're not watching the podcast, you need to jump over to YouTube and check it out. <laughs> You'll see all this sexiness and all of its gust and glory here. So, uh, well, no, I just appreciate you guys having me on this, man. I'm, I'm excited. I uh, got to visit with Daniel just a little bit here and uh, Dustin, obviously great friend and, and mentor of mine. And so, uh, Hopefully we're not like stepping and fetching. We can go out here and turn something, you know, turn some uh, dust into gold here tonight. Well, as we do that, let's talk about where Jinx is located. We talked okay. about on a map so people can actually figure out, because if you're not familiar with the state of Oklahoma, you're obviously not going to know where Jinx is. But for Danielle down in Florida and our listeners on the West Coast, East Coast, and anywhere in between, point out on a map where Jinx, Oklahoma is. First of all, we can't forget our international brethren. Right. In, You're really in time. In <laughs> Budapest and Hungary. And, and then we have uh, some listeners in France, actually. I probably so, know them. Hi, hi. Real listeners. good friends with uh, <laughs> uh, Matt and those guys. Uh, great guys. But uh, if you're if you're looking uh, if you're looking at a map of Oklahoma, Oklahoma is basically divided into four quadrants, if you will. I-35 is the major interstate highway that divides the state east and west. Um, and I-40 is the major uh, divider north and south. And so if you were looking at a map of Oklahoma, you would see Jinx in the northeast part of Oklahoma. We are a suburb of Tulsa. Uh, if you were in Tulsa uh, or driving through Tulsa, you would not know when Tulsa ended and Jinx began. So kind of a southwest suburb of Jinx, uh, Tulsa, actually, is where Jinx is located in between Tulsa and Glenpool. Well, what he's not telling you is Jinx, we had Emily Barkley on here not long ago, and Jinx and Union are big rivals. Um, and with, with those two programs for a long period of time, close to 20 years, I think, one of the two of them played for the state title um, in football, the largest classification in Oklahoma, just tells you the athletic prowess. And that was just football. I mean, they win state title after state title after state title at Jinx um, and Union's the same way. I mean, they're the two powerhouses in 6A in the state of Oklahoma. So he's he's going to be very humble and not brag about that. Uh, but that, that's, that's the God's honest truth. Jinx is really well known um, in, in the state of Oklahoma and, again, nationally. So, um, but... What I, what I really want our listeners to understand is just how, not just how funny this guy is, because he really is. Um, if you put glasses on me, we're basically twins. Um, but um, he's, a really, he's a really funny dude. And we spend a lot of time just going back and forth and just with comments and uh, things that we say to one another. We're, like, we're a lot like each other. But what I really like is these stories that I know he's got from his days in, in a chair that it, it's the old crap moments that you're like, oh, there is no way. And there's one of these stories that's just going to blow your mind, Daniel. I'm just going to prepare you in advance. But and I don't know what it is either. No. So I'm, it's going to be my real reaction. I know reaction. what it is. I oh, mean, no. it's going to be your real reaction. You're going to see my <laughs> real reaction because it's a great story. So Jason, let's start off with, a, let's have a little fun. Let's tell a little story that okay. kind of just shocks people. <clears throat> All right. So we want to shock people first. So Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, Let's yeah. do it. Um, so you know, I've I've actually followed the podcast. I've heard uh, Emily's uh, Emily Barkley, who's a great friend of mine, and like like Dustin said, one of our 
um, colleagues that literally Union, uh, Tulsa Union Schools is literally six miles from my campus. So uh, it's separated just right down 71st Street. And, uh, but I've heard her, uh, her, I think she blamed it on Jinx. Yeah, of she Jinx did. Mm -hmm. yeah. She definitely Jinx <laughs> jumped over the fence and had a little uh, streaking episode. Um, but I will tell you that I have confirmed that that was not a Jinx student. It was a Broken Arrow student who was neither involved at Tulsa Union nor Jinx. Oh, the story continues. Yeah, the plot. Yeah, the plot. There you go. Yeah, there there you go. go. <laughs> but no, we all we all have those moments um, <clears throat> as athletic directors. You get those phone calls. You know, you're you're you've got groups that are traveling all over the state and and actually really all over the nation. And and one of my stories is such. Uh, we had a so I had a young wrestling coach who just got hired, and he was actually hired late because the head coach resigned when school started because the head coach went to become a firefighter and so he left got out of education and so we really didn't have any option like like most of us ad's when you get a bomb dropped on you you know about september that oh by the way your head wrestling coach is leaving to go be a firefighter you need to hire somebody so i promoted the assistant coach which I'm telling you right now, if, if you're not doing that, then I don't know why you're not an AD. I mean, really, that's what you do. You just got to plug and play. But anyway, so I promote this young kid, and he's, I mean, literally been an assistant for us for one year. Uh, and he was under a head coach that, as you can tell, was already had one foot out the door, really didn't care a lot, to say the least. Um, so he, we, we handed over to this young man and I'm not going to use any names because I don't want to, this, this young man is still coaching and, and has learned from this lesson that I'm about to tell you. But um, so, so we, uh, I was at Glenpool at the time. And so I had a, we had a policy. We didn't have, we have a policy. And basically if you are traveling outside of the state of Oklahoma, then your booster club is responsible for picking up the travel expenses hotel rooms, travel arrangements, whether you're flying, riding a bus, renting a van, um, whatever you're doing, the, the booster club picks that up. So this kid comes to me and says, hey, we want to go to Fargo. And that's, that's North Dakota. It's a long ways away right. from us. Thank you, Dustin. Yeah. Just, for, just pointing that out. Okay. Mm -hmm. I never been, I've never been to Fargo. Um, There's a movie about it. There's yep. a movie mm -hmm. about it. I haven't even seen the movie. I've right. seen the movie. It's enthralling it sounds like so he comes to me and says hey we're gonna go to Fargo man it's some of the best wrestling competition in the world and we're gonna go there so I'm okay what's best for our kids give them a chance to compete against the best of the best right that's what we all think we all that we're all in this for kids okay except my wrestling coach all right and we'll explain why he's not in it for kids in just a moment but so he comes to me and says, hey, we want to take him to Fargo. I say, hey, that sounds great. Since it's out of state, I'll pay the entry fees, but you'll need to make arrangements for transportation through your booster club and, you know, hotel accommodations and those things. He says, yeah, yeah, no problem. Booster club's already on board. We're going, we're going to go rent a van. We're going to drive up there, spend, you know, a couple of days, do this tournament thing, come back. Hopefully we'll get a couple of you know, Fargo champions. And so, I, hey, that sounds great. Go up there and represent. Now, granted, at the time in Glenpool, 
wrestling was our best sport. Okay, we'd won some state titles and things like that. We had some two and three and four time state champions. And so, so pretty, pretty prevalent wrestling program, if you will. So they take off, load up, everything's good, get it all board approved. I get a call from a Scenex in uh, Nebraska. And I can't even remember, it's like outside of Omaha, Nebraska. That's a gas station. Scenics. Thank you. Didn't know that. Okay. <laughs> Those across the country may not know okay. what a Scenics is. <laughs> that may be just a regional thing. But anyway, Scenics. So I get a call from this, this gas station attendant at the Scenics, and he says, Mr. Culler, are you the athletic director? I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, I said, well, how can I help you? He said, well, do, do you have a group of young men that are traveling through Nebraska? And I said, well, yeah. Uh, probably they're on their way to uh, Fargo. I said, I don't really know that they would go through Nebraska, but hey, whatever, you know, they're traveling. I mean, it may be the fastest route. I don't know. I've never been up there to Fargo. You don't know where Fargo is. I know it's way north, and I know you got to get through either Iowa, Nebraska, or something to get up there. I don't know. South so, Dakota, even. Yeah. I mean, you got to get through there somehow. So I say, yeah, you know, we got a group of kids, group of wrestlers that are going up to Fargo and he says, well, uh, did you make the accommodations for their travel? And I said, well, no. I said, typically since they're traveling out of state, this comes from their booster clubs and everything. Hey, wait, can I just ask you a question? So you, a gas station attendant is asking mm -hmm. you these questions. They just called you randomly and he is grilling you with these like questions. Yeah, got my number off of the internet. Yeah, <laughs> off of our website. I he got your number off the internet and he's his calling office, you. Office phone. It's my office phone. Oh, okay. okay. My still, phone. still. He, okay. Yeah, he, he had looked up the school and yada, yada, whatever. <laughs> so he said, well, so this whole time I'm prepping myself that these little jack wagons have gone up there <laughs> and done something inappropriate <laughs> at this Scenex. <laughs> okay. So I'm prepping myself. I'm on I'm, board with your line of thinking. Yeah, I'm on hey, board. listen. <laughs> When you get a call from a Cenex anywhere and they're asking you if you got kids traveling through, it's only going to be bad news. Okay? Ain't nothing going to be coming good after they say, you got some kids traveling through here. Okay. So next thing's going to be, well, they stole something. They, they broke something. They, they yeah. Mm -hmm. you know, something bad's coming. So I'm just prepping myself. I'm okay. Yeah. Here it comes. And it's wrestlers. So there's no telling. <laughs> Yeah. Wrestlers, I don't think wrestlers change from state to state. So I think they're all, the they all have bad bodily functions and all kinds of crazy things going on, you know. Well, I mean, because I don't know if I disagree. Yeah, right? I can't. You can't. I can't. I can't. And I wrestled. I know. I did too for one year. Now I, realized, I realized you had to starve yourself, so I'm out. Anyway, so so I'm prepping myself. This guy's he's baiting me. I know he is because he's you know, hey, for just a brief moment, I thought, well, maybe, just maybe these guys did something great to help somebody at the CNEC. Somebody may have been choking on a dog bone or something. And so I they helped him save this guy's life. A corn dog stick. Something. Mm -hmm. I was mm -hmm. waiting on. It, okay. Mm -hmm. Well, it did not end that way when he said <laughs> <laughs> and he asked me if I arranged transportation, knew something was wrong. 
I thought they was broke down at first, but then I thought, well, no, because they rented a van. So surely the van, surely they'd have called Enterprise and they'd have picked you up. Ain't that the commercial yeah, Enterprise? Heard pick that. You up. I heard that. Yeah. So anyway, I said, well, even if you a CNX in Nebraska, yeah, they'll pick you up. Or CNX in Arkansas. Right. I promise you that. Okay. So I just finally say, you know, tell me what happened. He said, well, are you aware that your uh, young men are traveling in a U-Haul? I said, what do you mean a U-Haul? He said, We're yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. keep your mouth covered because that's exactly what it is. They're traveling uh -huh. in a U-Haul that you move furniture from a store uh -huh. to your house. In the back? Yes. Got some lawn chairs perched up in the back. Oh, my in God. In a doggone U-Haul. Yeah. There ain't no lights. You can't turn no lights on in the U-Haul. There ain't no air. There ain't no air conditioning. This is the summer. They're going up there in Fargo in the summer, okay? Now, well, they're still going to make weight. Hey, well, that's what Dustin said. I didn't think about that. I saw red. Now, I didn't think about making weight or nothing like that. Code red. Code yeah. red is what yeah. he's thinking. So I'm, there's no air conditioning. There's no lights. There's no, no seat belts. We're completely not thinking about kids. So how many? How many? I need how many? Uh, there was about twelve of them, I believe. So the coaches are in the front. Yep, sucking up all the air conditioning. <laughs> mm -hmm. It's a two. And there's only kids in the back. Only kids in the no back. No windows. No light. No seatbelt. Take off. You slide all the way to the back. Bam! Hit the door. Stop. I need a minute. Slide all the way to the front. Bam! Hit the door. <laughs> I need a minute. Yeah. Right. So that is nice. That is. I like how. I like how the gas station attendant kind of set you up. Did you arrange transportation? Yeah. Try to throw me under the bus. He did. No, he tried to throw you under the U-Hauls when he tried to do. That's right. I'm too skilled for that, though. I'm too versed. You're not going to get me on the U-Haul He's cultured. That's right. Okay. So joking aside, your coaches were like, this is okay. And <laughs> put these children. Yes. And the boosters knew about this? I don't believe so. They just knew they were paying, right? They didn't yeah. know what they were yeah, getting. I never got, I never even got to the booster part of the story. <laughs> I never even, the booster never even came in, in to the equation. Because I'm seeing red, I got to get these kids. I mean, you know, I've got to get these kids protect. I mean, could you imagine? You pull over, open the door. I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'll call you back in like ten minutes. Like I, I am trying to figure out. No, so I call my coach. Hey, are you driving a U-Haul? He said, "How'd you know?" <laughs> <laughs> oh yes, no. How'd you know? So then he knew it wasn't okay. That he he knew. Yeah, because I got a call from Charlie Pride at the Cenex. <laughs> Charlie Pride. <laughs> you know who Charlie Pride this is? Could have been. This could have been so much worse because because he Charlie over here could have called. No, he could have called the police because well, he there was like that. human trafficking or something and kidnapping going on. Well. <laughs> The funny thing is, is, is if they were traveling south through Texas, <laughs> they may have thought they was trying to make a border run. It could have not been good. It could have not been good. It wasn't good. 
but it could have been worse. But the, uh, you know, the guy at the gas station, the Scenex operator said that was his next call was gonna be law enforcement. Luckily, I said, well, let me, let me ha handle this. And so I called my coach, are you driving a U-Haul? How'd you know? Because I guess you just got a call from Charlie Pride over here at the CNX. You need to pull over. I'm calling the rent-a-car company, and they're going to come get you. And what in the world would ever make you think that that was okay? Swear to God, he said. Swear to God, he said it was forty nine ninety nine, Coach. <laughs> it was forty nine ninety nine, and we're going to get to Fargo and have time to go get some ice cream when we get to the hotel. We're going to be able to get some treats and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. yeah. What about the parents? Oh, they didn't know till after the fact. Did they you didn't... like call a meeting and you're like, hey, mom and dad, we messed up. Like, what did you no, say? I, no, I didn't say we. I said, he, <laughs> he, I can't defend that. No. I've always, no, told, I've always told my coaches from the very beginning of time, as long as you are defendable, as long as I can defend your actions, we're going to get along just fine. But when I can no longer defend your actions and give an explanation to parents, then we're going to have an issue, i.e. $49.99 rent a truck. <laughs> rent a truck. You yeah. all. Yeah. I think you should call the Nebraska <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's in Nebraska uh, gas station. Be like, uh, agent, and be like, do you want to coach wrestling? You have more ethics and morals than the person that's doing it right now. At least they call me. But listen, how? So to Nebraska from Glenpool is quite the drive. You would have had to have filled up and or stop to let those kids use the bathroom before Nebraska. Okay. No, so there's a whole state and a half between. There's a whole lot of distance between us. So somebody else along the route of this espionage here has seen these kids get out of the back of the truck and not called or anything. That's sad. Yeah. So I appreciate, I appreciate my friend Charlie over at this scene. <laughs> Give me a call. You guys stay in contact now? Uh, we don't, but the funny thing, I mean, I don't think it has any bearing or anything, but the assistant wrestling coach that was on that trip, he now lives in Nebraska. <laughs> he lives by that scenic. <laughs> so was that that was was that coach no longer your coach? Did you let him finish off the season? Was this like a? Did you have to report this? Was this like well, a CPS? It was. It was summertime. It was. Summertime. Oh, okay. Yeah. So he was he was written up, given a plan of improvement, um, and moved forward from there. It was a great learning experience. And this young man who's now in probably about his 10th or 11th year uh, in coaching will no, will never ever rent a U-Haul truck ever again. Um, it was as close to, it was as close to firing somebody as I could get. And um, I, I think that if his, uh, he had a he had a friend that was on the school board, and I think had he not had a friend that was on the school board, he would have got his ticket punched. So let, let me ask this question: After you said, "Are you driving a U-Haul?" and he said, "How'd you know?" What the what was the rest of that conversation like? <laughs> well, 
I don't know that I could say what I said on a podcast that's syndicated around the world. But I just told him in any uncertain terms, he needs to pull to the side of the road and safely. tell me safely to the side of the road and tell me which mile marker he's at and which highway he's on because Enterprise will pick you up. How how did that go? Like, was that hard to like hurry up and get someone to instantly leave to go pick up these kids on the side of the road? Like that couldn't have been an easy feat for you to do. No, it wasn't. I mean, I just started calling. I mean, I called Enterprise. I really did. I mean, I'd laugh and joke, but called Enterprise and said, I've got to have, I got to have at least a 12 passenger van. Actually, I said, I got to have at least a 15 passenger van because I got 12 kids and two coaches. So I got 14 passengers I need to transport back to Oklahoma. And uh, oh, so they didn't even go to Fargo. You, no, they did not get to go to Fargo. <laughs> no, they did not. Get I mean, to that Fargo. makes sense, but I didn't ask. So they, they, you said no, you're coming home. Oh yeah, and he did ask. Hey, so we're gonna get to continue? No, hmm. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get to continue right back yes. here to Gwentpool, Oklahoma. Yeah. And I said in no uncertain terms that you're going to get to continue uh, back to Glenpool and hopefully you'll get to continue That's living. Coach. No, living. <laughs> oh, living. That's in the general. route I put a point to. Yeah, just, <laughs> just living in general. So I'm just trying to put myself in your shoes. And if I got a phone call like that, like I don't, I now feel like me, I'm. <laughs> let me just try to qualify it just a little bit. Okay, I mean, there's really no qualification, but if there if there ever was, in Glenpool, we are country as cornbread. Okay, so riding in the back of a pickup truck, it's not that big a deal, right? I mean, you know what I'm saying? Kids grow up, they move, they go from wheat, you know, wheat field to wheat field, and it's not it's not that big of a deal, and that's where this guy was coming from obviously outside of his mind and I should have done a breathalyzer on him, but <laughs> but he, he seriously thought there was no big deal. Like, you got they, a deal. $49.99 and they get you ride in the back of the truck. Now, after you like told him, no, you're done, you're coming home. Did he get how big of a deal it was? No, not really. Not till he got home and saw my face. There was no, there was no Zoom at that time. There was no, no Zoom. Can you, can you kind of show me what your face looked like? No, you <laughs> no, can't recreate that. No, this is syndicated around the world. He can't do that. <laughs> my, my friends in Budapest right now are just dying because they know. So. Oh my gosh, that is, that is. It was, it was brutal. Is, it, yeah. Yeah. That is. I mean, I think about just that conversation with with the enterprise. All right, there'll be a U-Haul, okay, and there'll be some kids. There's a lot of children in the back. It's all okay. It's okay. No worries. <laughs> I'm telling my word. It's all okay. I had to tell them the U-Haul's not broken down. They're okay. <laughs> the U-Haul's not broken down. But that's pretty much how the conversation went. Hey, you're gonna go the highway, whatever, you know, highway 16 and intersection 42 mile marker 13. And you're going to see a big white and orange U-Haul on the side of the road. It's going to be about 14 kids and, or 12 kids and two coaches just pick them up. That's who you need to pick up. 
So at any point, did you have to run this up the chain, run it up the flagpole and say, hey, Sue, here's what's happening? Or did you not have to go through the any no, of that conversation? No, I did. Yeah. I had to go through that. That's, you know that. You know that conversation took place. As soon as I got a U-Haul pulled over and I got the dadgum Enterprise heading to get Charlie him. Pride calling. I guarantee whenever, you. Whenever your um coach your coaches now go out of out of state, do you do you ask for their like reservation and their booking notes? <laughs> well, so fortunately where I'm at now, um at Jinx, if they go out of state, typically Tony or myself will go with them. Okay, if, so and primarily for reasons like this. Yeah. Did tell me about the pairing. Was any parent just like completely super upset? Oh yeah. Are you kidding me? Oh god. <laughs> or were they upset because of the U-Haul or because you didn't let them go to Fargo and wrestle? Like which way were they upset about? So believe it or not, I had two that were that were ticked that they didn't get to go wrestle. Mm-hmm. And then the rest of them were mad they were in a U-Haul. But the you know the way I handle it was is I didn't call the parents immediately because I got the kids picked up they were all safe got the coach and kids back and I called the parents and said we will have a parent meeting at this time this evening when they arrive back from Nebraska we're going to have a conversation and I I made my coach tell them and I made him you're going to explain to these parents what you did your thoughts and why you did it and try to explain this to your parents and you're going to have to answer for any negative things that are coming at you. Cause it's good. It's going to be bad. So. And I'm kind of surprised the kids didn't tell the parents or was it before? So it was before like social media and all, all oh, of yeah. that. There, there was, mm-hmm. there was no Snapchat or Instagram or any of that yet. So <clears throat> yeah, I get a bad rap because of how frugal I am, how fiscally responsible mm-hmm. I am. And this guy is a lot like me in that aspect. I mean, we, our favorite word is four letters, F-R-E-E. And anytime we can get that. So we appreciate being fiscally smart. Yeah. This does not qualify as fiscally smart. I mean, I, $49.99 seems like a really good deal to take a trip to Fargo, North Dakota. Unlimited mileage. $49.99. You just had to return it with a full tank of gas. You took it with a full tank of gas. You got to bring the full tank back. Did you call? $5 a gallon at that time. Did you call Fargo AD and you're like, hey, we're not coming because my children are you. This is the first time I've ever shared this story. (laughs) We appreciate it. We appreciate it. I didn't call nobody. And now I'm going to be known as the AD that allowed his wrestling team to travel in a U-Haul. So how long was that? Let's say it's a seven, eight hour drive back from where they were pulled over. to oh, yeah. How, yeah. how was that? How did you tolerate that time? Were you just steaming the whole time? Were you mm-hmm. just running through things in my mind? Hey, this is what I'm going to say. And when I see that sucker, yep. he better be ready because the <laughs> hand's coming. We're throwing hands. That's exactly where I was at. That's exactly where I was at. This sucker going to catch his hands as soon as he walks through the door. That's where I started. That's where I started because I thought I was losing my job. That's where I started. I didn't end there, thankfully, but I did start there. You're going to catch hands and 
Yeah. I don't care if you're wrestling. I don't care if you're four-time state champ. No, I've never told the story until just now. So I, I get why. Yeah, right. I mean, it's embarrassing. I mean, who it, it's there's been a lot of embarrassing things in my life with the, the athletic director role. Uh, this one definitely ranks up at the top, but I mean, yeah. we talk about it, and even Daryl Nance said it. Our job is a lot of reaction. We can try to be as proactive as we can. They had a plan. Hey, when you leave the state, Booster Club's taking care of your expenses. We'll pay the entry fee. Oh, we had signed waivers. Parents signed off on the waivers, and, you know, everybody had their insurance, and their they had mm – -hmm. I mean, they had their insurance forms on file. They had their physicals on file. Everybody had uh, – health evaluation on file they had their skin tests on i mean everything you can think of that involves wrestling and going to a wrestling tournament and they even had what i thought was transportation <laughs> well they thought it was transportation they did think it was transportation <laughs> but all that to say even the best laid plans sometimes go awry with somebody making a decision that falls outside of what those plans may be. Oh, yeah. Well, in, 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 in this instance, it was, I wouldn't even have guessed that. If you gave me the opportunity to guess where that was going or maybe what they rented, a U-Haul wouldn't have been one of the choices that I think I went for. So, I mean, I, I tried to rent a limo for one of my teams before we're in Florida and tourist season makes it really hard, especially the postseason, to get charter buses. So I tried to rent a limo before, but that's against district policy because there's no, there wasn't seatbelts. I think there are now, but there wasn't then. Right. So, so I, and I never would have thought that right until I tried to, to do it. And district was like, no, you can't. So, but I don't think I would have ever said, yeah, they got a U-Haul to transport not only humans, but, Children here. <laughs> See in Florida though, can't y'all rent them airboats and stuff? Just <laughs> get an airboat. Yeah, not an issue. Yeah. They have seen not an issue. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Just get a little oh. raft and tow it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'm thinking the conversation with that coach would have been you can you haul your John Brown hind parts right back here and be <laughs> get back here. That's all you haul you're gonna have is getting your butt back here where we're gonna have a little meeting when you get get back. What'd you do with a U-Haul? Where, where was the U-Haul? You, just, <laughs> you left the U-Haul on the side of the road in the middle of Nebraska. You told them to go pick it up. Yep. Hey, your U-Haul is up there. Yep. You want your U-Haul, you better send somebody over to Scenex and go pick it up. Were they still at the Scenex? No. They'd already they had, it out of there? They had drove about five miles from the Scenex when I called them, when I got a hold of them on the phone. Oh man, I'm angry for you. Just so you know, like I'm angry for you right now because yeah. that is like that's unbelievable. It's it's literally unbelievable. <laughs> I mean, we all are. I mean, yeah. Anybody listening should be angry yeah. at this. Yeah, and like like Dustin said, I mean, the, the best laid plans. Never in a million years would I have thought, hey, you have an option to go rent transportation. Okay, your booster club is going to pay for your transportation. Never in a million years would I, never in a million years would I have thought U-Haul would be even an option. That's what we're going with. No. Yeah. Uh, 
agree. I agree. I never would have even have went there. Like I could understand, you know, sports car, couple cars, you know, let the kids <laughs> drive the sports cars. I don't know. I mean, could have went a whole bunch of different ways. U-Haul. Okay. But in how you found out, that person was so upset. Whoever you are, Charlie, good, good job because you. She don't. She don't. Charlie probably not. She's not comfortable yeah. with it. I don't know. I never caught the guy's name at CNX. He probably I told know me. that. I got no. <laughs> you know who Charlie Pride is, though, right? No, but I know you're just. An angel. Don't know the real name. I know. <laughs> she's what? from. She's from New York. She oh. don't know. Okay. You guys just making fun of me, and I don't even know it. Yes. <laughs> yes. All right. You're in the Empire State of Mind right yeah. now. Yeah. Okay, that one yeah. I got. Alicia Keys. <laughs> yeah. Does that make uh, Okay. All right. Biggie Smalls. Biggie Smalls. We gotta go to Bronx. Gotta go to Brooklyn. What do we gotta do? You know. I was saying something intelligent until you guys started talking right there. We're too. <laughs> we're trying to give you a little. What'd you say? Well versed. Yeah. We're trying to help you be well versed. <laughs> trying to get you acculturated. <laughs> Ain't that a word? Two docs here. You think we would know? Sounded good. Acculturate. See, I try to get I try to get up on y'all's level with them doctorates and all that. So I don't know if you could top that story or not, but do you have another one that is oh I'm still processing this one. I'm still I'm on the U-Haul still. So you can tell us another story, but I'm I'm still physically, mentally. Just, just hang on. Ball. Just hang on. He's got one. One of my <laughs> one of my probably my most embarrassing moments. I do like to joke and I like to have fun and and Dr. Smith here keeps me on my toes and we do we do a lot of back and forth text messaging and phone conversations and we are a lot alike um, with our lingo and our verbiage and so, uh, but. The serious side of me, I'm very OCD, um, and so I like really, very yeah, OCD. Yeah, so so I like to you know uh, make sure I have a plan and make sure everything you know I, I double check, I triple check, quadruple check. Then somebody checks him that he's checked four times, and, yeah. and then I check them <laughs> to make sure they check me on this. Did you check this and this? This is no lie. I know you're laughing, but this is that's serious business. That's like I do that with officials. Uh, my fear is always never having an official come to a game. So I, I'm laughing because I, I do that with officials. And perfect. I'm glad you segued into that. Is your fear officials very good? Okay, so I have a lot of officials that are friends. And so they're very, very quick to point out, hey, make sure when we come to your place, we have a meal, make sure you have a shave kit for us, make sure you have this or that. So they're always <laughs> razzing me about stuff. So officials, one thing that I never have to worry about because even though I check, triple check, double check, blah, 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 they're going to check me on it as well. But <clears throat> so my very first game is an athletic director. It's a football game. It's a big game, big rivalry game, two crosstown rivalries coming. It's packed. The stadium, the stadium holds about 6,000 people. It's packed. Standard room only. People are standing around the north end zone, which has a fence all the way around it. And so our, our stadium runs north and south. So on the, on the south end is a scoreboard. So on the southeast corner is a scoreboard. And on the southwest corner is our flagpoles. We have, you know, American flag, Oklahoma flag, and then a Glenpool flag. On the north end is concession stand for the visitors, 
So kind of just the layout for you. So I always, as an athletic director, I always stood down by the scoreboard, you know, because I don't know, it's just where I stood, you know, during the game. But it's probably where, that I means where the ambulance was. Uh, it's where the fire trucks were. So if there was ever anything, I was kind of right there, ready to go. Well, so my very first game, sitting there, got officials in their dress room, got them lunch ordered, had their shave kits ready, their towels, so they could shower after the game. Snickers at halftime, all this stuff that they need. Got Gatorade's ice down, everything. Got my security, okay, hey, at this time, with this much time on the clock, you're going to go make your way to the field. You're going to get the fish. You're going to take them into the dress room. You're going to get them out of their dress room at this time so they can get back onto the field for the second half kickoff. After the game at this time, you're going to go get them, take them into the dress room. You're going to stay in there until they get done dressing. You're going to take them to the car. Got everything lined up. Press box. Here's your, here's your script. We're going to, you know, with this much time on the clock, we're going to introduce, you know, the peewee, cheerleading national team and this time we're going to introduce you know herbie hancock and his friends and you know you know how it is. you got all of those things scripted out and everything scripted out and i've double checked triple checked everything's good okay double checked with everybody that's supposed to be coming to get presentations and do the shows and all that stuff and put on a big show everything's perfect okay go to the concession stand Stock all the coolers, all the drinks, everything's ice cold. We've got the backup coolers filled up, candies iced down, we're ready to roll. Okay. Popcorn machines making, we're ready. So here we go. My announcer, who's the Baptist preacher, is a good friend of mine. I'm not Baptist, I'm Catholic, but we're still friends. We can be friends. Yeah, still friends. We're still friends. <laughs> That's nothing to do with there. Well, we, we played golf the other day. He just had a yeah. different viewpoint than you do. He just, He's firing brimstone, and I'm, hey, this is the ordinal <laughs> calendar. Here we go. So, but anyway, so we're sitting there, and, you know, everybody at, the, at football games has walkie-talkies, you know, radios. So, I radio up to press box. Hey, Jason, it's time to kick that national anthem off. Let's go. We're going to start just a little bit early because, the you know, it, the crowd's ready. We're ready to go. Let's go a little bit early. So, radio up there. His name is Jason as well. Jason Yarbrough. Hey, Jason, go ahead and uh, – let everybody know it's time to stand for the national anthem. So he said, okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, this time, if you would, please rise, remove cover, direct your attention to the southwest corner of the end zone as we honor America and the nation, blah, 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 with the playing of the national anthem. So I'm standing down on the southeast corner, southwest corner, where the flagpole is. Turn around. What did I forget? Your official. No. Officials are out there. Everybody's looking the flag. at flag. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Forgot the flag. And we're everybody in the whole stadium, 6,000 strong. If you would, please rise. Direct your attention to the southwest corner of the end zone for the plane of the national anthem. So let me tell you how slick I am. Hey, slicker than a whistle. Okay. Just, hey, quietly walk over. The band strikes up the, you know, you know the course. Mm -hmm. strike it up i start raising the flag as they're playing it looked professional it looked like it was meant to be played as they was playing the song so it was on the it was already attached it just wasn't up correct you got lucky so but but don't don't 
just kind of glossed past the point that he said he kind of snuck over there. Yeah. He ain't sneaking nowhere. Yeah. But, but he was, he's over there, right? You're right 290 pounds. I ain't sneaking nowhere. He ain't sneaking nowhere. So for him to pull that off and to make this happen, I mean, just great thinking there. I mean, good thing the flag was there, one. Well, luckily the flag, so, okay. So to be honest, the flag was not really there. They got the flag off of the fire truck. Remember the fire trucks down in the south <laughs> corner? Okay, the firemen saw yeah. what was happening. They didn't really see what was happening. As I turned around, I said, oh, blank. Uh, oh, shoot. Oh, sugar, can you help me out? And my fire chief said, we got a flag right in here. I said, go, go over there and put it up, and then I'll raise it. It looks like it's all... You know how people do, they present the colors and you got yeah. your bar going out. Same thing, but just with firefighters. Same thing, but just firefighters. <laughs> and at a flagpole. And a flagpole, <laughs> wherever you had out there. I mean, can you imagine just getting to that point where you're, I mean, you turn because you oh, radioed, yeah. hey, we're ready. Yeah. And you built this up to, I mean, everything's ready. The popcorn's already popped. People got it in the stands. We're starting early. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and he said, please rise, remove cover, and direct your attention to the southwest corner. I'll never forget those words. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, at this time, if you would, please rise, remove cover, and direct your attention to the southeast corner of the stadium. While we honor America and the men you... fighting across the world. At yeah. what point did you just say? Well, as soon as I oh. turned around when he said, when he said, if you would, please rise, remove cover. And direct your attention to the southeast corner. I turned around and said, "Oh, sugar, here we go." <laughs> you knew you didn't do it, like you. I knew, knew I did. <laughs> no, I thought I did. But when I turned around and it was not flying with the Oklahoma flag and the Glenpool flag, which are on each side of it, it's a three-tiered little system. You are so lucky that that happened, and and the firemen were there, and they had an easily accessible flag, and you got it up because you you just were about to offend a whole bunch of people, oh, and have no. a really busy Monday. <laughs> not offend, it would have yeah. He would have not been employed. We wouldn't yeah. have this conversation right now. Yeah. That would have been this my is first worse exit. than the U-Haul. <laughs> first exit out of the business right there. <laughs> yeah. He he would be on that other end of the bell curve, you know, with the athletic directors three to five years. That was like three to five days. Three to five seconds. He might have been out of 5G like that. Just been gone. (laughs) Yeah, that was my very first, very first game. But you know what the first thing I put up every day is? Flag. Flag. Every day. First thing I do. And if I'm not there, I'll call. Hey, Tony, you got the flag up? (laughs) Sure. Send Gerald out. Make him go look. make Make sure he's got eyes on the flag. When I, when I first started, I, especially for football, you know, it's Friday and you're getting pulled in all these directions and asking, you know, random questions from different people. So I had a checklist. I kept it in my pocket and everyone made fun of me because I had this, and it was the same one, always the same checklist, right? So it was all destroyed (laughs) after using it and keeping it in my pocket and getting rained on and all that, but, you know, flag up and all of these things were checked on it. And and I eventually got to a point where I didn't need it anymore, but it was always, I always had it with me always just in case, because that is what it like. One of my fears is I don't want to forget something so simple because I am all over the place and I'm running around and I didn't have an associate AD or anything. So 
um, yeah, I always had a, a little checklist and I was not ashamed to pull that thing out and be like, yes, yes, yes. Okay. Got to go do that or no, we're good. And I can relax. Mm -hmm. Well, what, what we like to talk about in these is takeaways. And so we've talked about your two stories and a couple of them, obviously, Danielle's still hanging out in the U-Haul trying to figure out that process. <laughs> but as you look at some takeaways for people that are listening that may be new into this business or maybe even seasoned in this business, uh, what are some takeaways that you took away from? I mean, obviously, your checklist is one of those, obviously, for the flag. But just the, the moment of not panicking because that, that could be a, a huge panic moment. That's a lot of what we do, don't panic. Mm -hmm. Just live in the chaos, solve it. And then later on, you may panic. You may be panicking now, which every, every morning it appears you panicking mm -hmm. to make sure that that flag is up. But what are some takeaways that you take away from those stories you shared with us? You know, just the fact that, you know, you can have the best laid plans, um, like, like Dr. Smith said, you can have the best laid plans. You can have everything, check, triple check, double check, quadruple check. It doesn't matter. You just have to be able to be flexible. You have to adapt to every situation that you're dealt with um, and just be prepared to, you know, basically at that point in time when that flag wasn't up there, the very first thing I was ready to do was apologize profusely and admit fault on my part. <laughs> Um, so I think the biggest thing for us is, is don't ever think you're above uh, reproach. Don't ever think you're, you're better than it's, it's always better to, to go with your hat in your hand to your administrator and say, I, I messed up, you know, uh, I apologize. I'm going to learn from this. Um, we all mess up. We all make mistakes. We're all human. Uh, there's only one person that uh, never made mistakes and, that man can walk on water. And until you can walk on water, <laughs> you're gonna make mistakes, man. So you just gotta be ready for it and just be flexible, be ready to adapt to any situation. That's probably about the only thing I could take away from but, but it. You, but you, you, you made it look like it was seamless, like it was supposed to happen that way. That oh yeah. Of those 6,000 people in the stands, how many of them knew that that wasn't there like it was supposed to be? Zero. Except the firemen and you. The fire, yeah, the, the one fireman that said, that heard me say, Sugar Bear, we got to get going. And uh, that wasn't Dan for calling him Sugar Bear. No, he knew. You're kind of lucky that uh, it didn't become a thing after that. Like you oh, had to. When they did with the firefighters, every, you know, every Friday I'd have a flag on my desk. Somehow they would get into my office and there would be a flag <laughs> on my desk. So, no, but I mean, at least you didn't have to like stand there, you know, at a game every night and raise the flag. Like it, it didn't become like, like a tradition yeah. of you raising the flag during the national anthem. Yeah. I mean, that could have happened. Well, so, so funny thing is, is that you're right. That could have happened. But what I did was from that point forward, the first game of the season, every year I raised the flag. So kind of a little. Mm -hmm. That was to, that was to cover my tracks. That right. was purely to cover my tracks. But I thought, you know, that's kind of a symbolic gesture. You raise the flag, AD raise the flag, kick off the season. Here we go. We're going to start this thing. And so yeah, so I did that for seven years till I left. I raised the flag every the first game every. So the seven year mistake is what you did. <laughs> Every year for seven years. Yes, luckily I have a guy now that is responsible for that flag, 
And uh, so if he if he forgets it, we're in trouble. But but I think there's something really valuable in that and saying sometimes the greatest lessons are learned when there's the biggest screw ups. And it may not have been a screw up that everybody saw, yeah. but you knew about it. And so here all of a sudden is your checklist. We're gonna make sure that flag is taken care of. Yes. Because we knew what happened what would happen if it's not. Yeah, hundred percent. And it's not that you just said, well, we don't really need a flag. It's just right. that it was something that just escaped you for that moment. And then all of a sudden when it does dawn on you, you were able to remedy that situation. And now forever, you will make sure that the flag is there and that it's ready for every football Guaranteed. game. Top of your checklist. Flag. <laughs> That's seriously, to, to this day, I, I call every Friday, Tony, hey, you got the flag up, flag up? It's got the flag up, right? I asked him about 40 times, like, man, yes, the flag is up. Don't worry about the flag. We got it. Like, yeah, Send me a picture. I want to know. Yeah. My day man, so so my day man is the guy. So for us, a day man is like a janitor. And so our janitor is the one that puts the flag up at our stadium. But so we, we kind of luck out because at our stadium, the flag is the flag for the school because our stadium is out in front of our school and it's kind of the entrance and the welcome to our school. And so the flag is is always flown. It's not something that we take up and down on Fridays. We leave it up uh, all year round, and we change you know we change the flag out religiously if there's a, ever a rip or tear or anything like that. And so, um, so my day man, he he sends me he sends me text messages, pictures, flags good, <laughs> boss. <laughs> Hey, thank you. Yeah, send him the thumbs up emoji. Thank you. <laughs> they know, oh, they know and, right. and my OCD, it was on full display. Panic attack. See full what I did there? Full-fledged panic. <laughs> full-fledged panic. <laughs> well, and I and I appreciate you just being able to laugh at yourself in both of those situations, you know, years later. I know it takes always takes a minute. We always say it's good to laugh at yourself. I'm still, I'm still not over the <laughs> no, I'm, I'm, I'm about not to either. call him and chew him out again. I just found out about it. For him, uh, <laughs> he works for two other districts now. So <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm not gonna be okay for a bit after that one. <laughs> well what I appreciate is and this podcast has given ADs the opportunity to just be <clears throat> be honest. And this is, Jason said at the beginning, he, he kind of just lives his life out and people just know Jason. And this is just Jason being Jason. He's just saying, these are real life things that happen to me and here's situations. And I think that's the point of this podcast is just for us to be able to say, okay, crap's going to happen. Sugar's going to happen as you, sugar bear's going to happen. <laughs> you know, sugar's always going to happen. There's going to be some stuff that happens that we just got to figure out okay, how can I lessen this blow? How can I solve this problem? Mm -hmm. And you you put that on display. So I appreciate you coming on here, just being honest with us, kind of telling some stories from things that have happened in your life and, uh, you know, just having some fun. Because at the end of the day, I know you like to laugh. Mm -hmm. I know you enjoy life. And this gives us an opportunity to say, you know, our job can be really stressful at times. And there's a lot of times when our job's a lot of fun. Mm -hmm. These are some moments that they weren't a lot of fun, but they're lessons that came out of them. So I appreciate you jumping on here and, and sharing those stories with us. Um, I, I just appreciate you guys willing to listen to my crazy <laughs> stories. So, And if you want a good time, call Jason Culler. Find the scenics in Nebraska that knows Jason Culler's number. 
But you can call Jinx Public Schools, get the athletic department, and talk to Jason Keller anytime you want to. Don't call me. Don't call me. I, I can't help you, especially if you rent you all. I can't help you. No, it's been wonderful. I'm excited that you guys got this thing going. I love listening to it. I love catching up with everybody's stories. I love the Becky Moran stories. Was, uh, Becky was the one that did the three socks, yeah, right? Three socks. <laughs> that was a good one. You know, Emily and her stories, it's, uh, you know, they're all learning lessons. They're all life lessons. And, and it's fun to take a step back, listen to it and, and enjoy. But, uh, you know, the, the fun thing is, is these stories hopefully become fewer and far between. But, you know, the one thing about it is, is everybody has a story. Uh, hopefully your stories are, are stories you've learned from and, and you can grow from. And, and that's what I think I've done. You know, I'm, obviously I'm not, I'm not perfect. And I, I don't, no. I don't pretend to be, and He's I'm not. never going to be perfect, <laughs> but hopefully I learn from my mistakes, which are plentiful, frequent, plentiful. Okay. We'll say that. <laughs> plentiful, not <laughs> frequent. Hopefully they don't happen. A every plethora day. of mistakes. Yeah. Plethora. <laughs> plethora. See, I'm trying to throw around in paradox, big words. <laughs> well done. <laughs> Well, yeah, thank you so much for, you know, being with us here today and taking time out of your state conference, um, you know, to chat with us. And I really, I really appreciate it. And your honesty that all ADs are humans. That's kind of the whole reasoning behind our, our podcast. So thank you um, to you, Jason. <laughs> I don't know how thankful I am at the moment because I'm still on the U-Haul, but I'll get off of that hopefully soon. But um, thank you for telling that story and sharing that with us. And thank you to Tickets Picket, who is our sponsor and is making our podcast possible. So we will be back next week with another episode.